Good morning, 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 everybody. I hope everybody's day is off to a great start. I'm thankful to be in the land of the living this morning. I'm thankful to be amongst the living this morning. I'm thankful that God woke me up this morning and gave me another chance. So for those of y'all who don't know who I am, I'm Grace Amber. I come on different platforms whenever God gives me a word to share. I come on and I share it with you. So this morning, I want to talk to you guys from the topic of eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. What am I talking about today? So I'm noticing something and I'm going to tell you guys about it. Um, <laughs> I'm not coming from a point of judgment before I get started because just because I've now gotten to a better point in my relationship with God does not mean that I'm sitting high and looking low on y'all, but I'm pointing something out to you so that hopefully it can resonate with you and maybe it will cause you to change, right? Let's talk about something. So, uh, what is the prize that I'm talking about? Eyes on the prize. We typically will look at the miracles that we saw in the Bible years and centuries and all that stuff ago. We typically look at those things and we may not say this out loud, but we wonder in the back of our mind, why don't we see somebody taking uh, two fish and five loaves of bread and feeding however many thousand? Why we don't see that? Why we don't see that in today's time? Why don't we see the dead being raised? Why don't we see the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that were taking place and that were recorded in the Bible? Why don't we see it? And so we may not say that out loud, but that's a lot of times what we think. We think that really when we think like that, what we're saying is we're actually thinking that God is not in the miracle business anymore. We're actually believing and thinking subconsciously or consciously that God does not perform these types of miracles anymore. That when the Bible, that was then and this is now and God don't operate like that no more. But that is the furthest thing from the truth. There are miracle signs and wonders taking place all around you. But here's what we do. We don't believe. See, when somebody tells you about how they went to the doctor and they were once diagnosed with something and then they go back to the doctor and it's no longer there, you know, we'll clap and do everything in front of them. And then when we go home, we'll say, you know, I I'm not so sure she was actually diagnosed with that. I think maybe, <laughs> I think maybe she's just making that up. I'm not so sure that happened. Or when somebody tells you that suddenly they looked at their credit score and they had a 500 and then they go look the next day after some revival and they go check their credit score and it was at a 675, we'll clap in church. But the truth of the matter is in our hearts, we don't believe it. And because we don't believe what we're actually saying is that God is not in the miracle business anymore. God don't operate like that anymore. He only did it back then, but he doesn't do it now. And so when people testify about the wonders of God, when people testify about what God has done for them today, we don't believe it. When they testify and say that my loved one had coded and was dead for however many minutes and then they came back alive. We'll clap with them and praise the Lord on the phone. And when we hang up, there's doubt in us. We don't really believe these things anymore. We want these miracles in our hearts. We wish that we could see somebody doing these things. We wish that we could see uh, two fish and five loaves of bread feeding a multitude. We wish that we could see it. We wish that we could see somebody instantly being healed. We want these things. We want the deliverance. We want the healing sometimes for ourselves. We want the miracles, the signs, and the wonders for ourselves. We've got our eyes on the prize, right? But guess what we don't have? 
We don't have faith and we don't believe. And what does the Bible tell you? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And it also tells you faith without works is dead. Let's dig into this thing a little bit more. We want the blessings and the signs and the wonders of God. But are we willing to do what it takes? See, we look in the Bible and we read these stories about what God did for this one, how God raised the dead, how God did this, how Jesus did this, how Jesus did that. We look at all these signs, wonders, and miracles in the Bible, and we would love it for ourselves. But here's the truth. We have so much unbelief in us that we don't have the faith that it takes to have these kind of miracles that we see in the Bible. We don't have the belief and the faith that they had. Now we've got our eyes on the prize, but we don't have our eyes on what it takes to get the prize. We want the blessings. We want the supernatural provision. We want the wonders. We want the signs. We want the miracles, but we don't believe and we are not willing to do what it takes to get the results that the people got in the Bible. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And I love this chapter because it's talking about faith, but it's got so many instances in the Bible where you can see faith in action. I am not going to read the whole 11th chapter, but I'm going to give you a few excerpts and let you see how, what those people did back then to get the signs and the wonders, what they did to get the prize in comparison to what we'll typically do now in 2023. Jump in with me. Uh, Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Let's start... We know we'll go down to the sixth verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, right? Go down to the seventh verse. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not seen and holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Let's talk about Noah, for example. God told Noah to do something, right? God forewarned Noah and told Noah what was getting ready to happen. What did Noah do? Noah was obedient and Noah acted on what God told him to do. Now, what will we do? God tells us to go build an ark. God tells us to go build something. Now, what do we say? Well, this don't make sense. Who's going to come there? There ain't no signs of floods. There ain't no signs of, of, of plagues. There ain't no signs. This doesn't make sense. See, see, we have so much sense that our sense is what blocks us. We think we have so much sense. And I say that sarcastically that we have so much sense. We really don't have sense at all. But we think that we are so smart and so wise and we've got it so figured out. And we're so intelligent as a species that when God gives us direction to do something or when God sends a prophet to tell us something or when God gives us instruction, it doesn't make sense to us. So we won't do it. Now, Noah did what God told him to do and look at the reward that Noah got. See, we have our eyes on the prize, but we're not willing to step out on a limb. We're not willing to step out on faith. We're not willing to step out on things that we cannot see and just be obedient and do what God tells us to do. And yet we have the unbelief and we fool ourselves by saying God is not in the miracle business. Oh, yes, he is. He's still in the miracle and the wonder working business. He's still doing it right now. But the problem is, is that you don't see it because you don't 
don't believe and you don't have the faith necessary to receive the prize. You got your eyes on the prize. You're dreaming and wishing that you could see the manifestations of God like they did in the Bible. But you are not built like they were in the Bible because you are not willing to do what they did in the Bible to get what they got. Let's go to another story. All right, let's go down to verse eight. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Let's stop right there. God told Abraham, look, leave, go from your father's house. I believe if I'm quoting it correctly, go from your father's house into a land in which I will show you, right? That's what God told Abraham to do. What did God tell Abraham to do? Listen, leave what you love, leave what you know. Trust me. Don't worry about where we're going. Just follow me. Trust me. And I will lead you to a place that is much better than where you were. What will we do? We will say, I can't leave my family. I can't throw my stuff away. I love my clothes. I love my books. I can't throw them away. I can't throw away this old furniture. I paid good money for that 40 years ago. Lord, I know I want new, but I'm not willing to get rid of the old. See, we have our eyes on the prize, but we're not willing to do what it takes. We have our eyes on the prize, but our posture is so different. Our posture is so uh, altered from how the people's posture was in the Bible. We have our eyes on the prize that we want the blessing. We want the healing. We want the deliverance. We want the elevation, but we ain't willing to do what it takes. We got too much sense, right? For our own good. And we don't want to let go of the things of the past so that God can take us to something new. Let me give you one more story. Let's go. Here it is. Go down to the 11 first. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise, right? Listen, here's another one. Listen, I'm a lady. I've been here. Let's talk about this thing. A lot of times when you get to be a certain age, people will start to put pressure on you. Oh, you ain't married yet? You know, by the time you get 36 and you start going to the doctor, you know what they're going to start telling you? They got to start running all these tests and it increased uh, the risk for all these uh, deformities and all these different things and all these conditions and, and disorders. You know, you're 30, you're 28. How much time you got left? Your time clock is, click, is ticking. These are the things that we hear as young women. And if we're not careful, we will go and make some rash decisions and we pay for it for the rest of our life. People will tell us, you're getting too old. You're not married yet. When are you going to have kids? They'll have us go getting sperm donors. They'll have us going and adopting strange kids, going and having all, doing all kinds of things, spending thousands of dollars trying to replace God, trying to work miracles and wonders and signs ourselves instead of believing in what God said. And because we don't have the faith in God that Sarah had, then we go to the sperm bank. Because we don't have the faith that Sarah had, then the man will go marry somebody with six kids because he believes that nobody wants him and he wants a family. So instead of standing on the word of God and believing God to deliver, instead he goes and he goes and concocts something himself, something that's going to cost him for the next 20 or 30 years. Listen, God is still in the wonder working business. God is still a miracle working God. God is just as much working miracles today as he was back then. The problem is in us. The problem is not God. No, God don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He don't change. The problem is that we have changed. Our gene pool has been so diluted that we don't believe like the people in the Bible believed. When God tells us to fast so that we can go to the next level, we don't want to turn down our plate. 
I've been there. Better now, but I've been there. That's why I'm talking to you. So hopefully you'll get better. We don't want to turn down our plate. If God tells us to fast for three days, now I can't go without my ribs. Now I've got to have good food. Eat what? Eat what? For three days straight? Now I can't do that. Okay. Well, you got your eyes on the prize. You want the deliverance. You want the breakthrough. You want the elevation, but you're not willing to do what God told you to do. You're making food more important than obeying God. You're making ribs more important than God. You're making chicken, fried chicken and baked chicken and shrimp and whatever it is that you like. When God instructs you to go on a fast and you say, I can't do without that, without that. Now you're making ribs, shrimp and chicken more important than the God that you serve. And then you're wondering why you have your eyes on the prize, but you can never have the prize in your hand because you're not willing to do what it takes. God is saying to you, throw this stuff away. I want to give you brand new. I want to bless you. I want to put on a show in your life. This junk pile that you've been living in, I want to take it, clean it out, and make it all new for the whole world to see. And what do you say? I don't I can't get rid of my, those are good clothes. I pay good money for those clothes. Come on, y'all. God is saying in this season to stop deceiving yourself into believing that he is not still a miracle and a wonder-working God. Oh, yes, he is. The problem is with you. And so if we are going to God and saying, God, we want more, we want better. God, I got my eyes on the prize. I remember the woman with the issue of blood. If she could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And when she did, because of her faith, she was healed. God, I want the same healing. I need the same healing. But then you don't want to go up to the altar when you get a chance because you're worrying about what people think. See, we are the holdup and God is not the holdup. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And what he did in the Bible, he is still doing today. But it's your unbelief that is causing you to just have your eyes on the prize instead of holding the prize in your hand. I love you. I'm Grace Amber. Happy Tuesday. I'm going to be right back on tomorrow with another word.